Well, hello, this is the podcast for Word of Life in Bentonville, Arkansas, and you are listening to episode number 21. Can you believe we're already there? This week, our pastor, Bill Rogers, talks about transformation and a great message that will help you in so many ways. I can't wait for you to listen to it, so let's dive right in. Enjoy. Our most dominant thoughts control our lives. Our most dominant thoughts guide us. Uh, they, They help us form our habits, our attitude our decisions. So really you could say that our most dominant thoughts control our lives. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, the Word of God, let me just read it. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So really, we can say that we can be transformed by renewing our mind. As a matter of fact, that's basically the only way you can be transformed is to have your mind renewed. We can we can have our mind renewed to start thinking like God. How many know that God's thoughts are above your thoughts? How many know that God is probably, well, we're going to say probably. How many believe that God is a little more wise than you are? Okay. So how many realize that we need to think like God? Think like God. Otherwise, otherwise we're going to have a bad life. The Word of God, the Bible, this is the mind of God. This is the mind of God written down in your language. What a blessing what a, ble- what a powerful thing it was whenever they started printing the Bible hundreds of years ago. But what a wonderful thing because I can read the Word of God and it alters my thinking. It makes me start thinking like God. And the more I study it, the more I look at it, the more it makes me change my way of thinking to think like God. So I want to give you some things to think about this morning, to ponder and to meditate on. Philippians 4.8 says, it, it, it gives us some things, and then it says, think on these things, meditate on these things, whatever's good. Think on these things. We need to, we need to think on good things. And then Psalms 1 says that meditation causes us or brings, it brings uh, stability to our life. 
It brings growth to our life. It, it causes us to be fruitful. It causes us to prosper. It causes us to, when we meditate in the Word of God. I think one of the reasons, for example, that I was awakened this morning real early was because, of course, I'm getting ready for today and I spend extra time in the Word of God on Saturday. After I got home, I come over here for a while and this room was being used by the young adults. What a wonderful service that was. I just stepped in here for a few minutes a couple of times and for those of you that don't come to those, especially you young adults, uh, you should come. You would enjoy it. It was a great night. But normally I come in and I, I pray for a while in here, but they were here so I went home and and uh, prayed there and read a little bit more and went to bed. But I, when you meditate on the Word of God, you're thinking on the Word of God, then God will get, begin to speak back to you. Although meditation in the Word, the Word of God is God speaking to you. But then I'm awakened. Actually, I, I was awakened a little later again uh, by the Lord to pray about something, which uh, is a, just a personal thing. But meditation will cause you to prosper. When you think, you begin to think like God, you're going to prosper. You're going to be stable. If you're unstable, if your life is a mess, a wreck, get in the Word of God. Now listen, this won't happen overnight. And, and you know, we, we go through times, I uh, encourage you to pray or to, to read your Bible. We're reading through the New Testament. If you're reading with me tomorrow, I think we're on chapter 9 of Mark. One chapter a day, five days a week, throughout the year, we will we'll read through the entire New Testament. But if you look at that, okay, I've read my chapter, and you check that off and you move on. When you read that chapter, pretend, understand, that's God talking to me. He's, he's talking to me. I'm not just reading a book. I have books that I read occasionally. Good books. I don't. I won't get into all, all of that. But I know a lot of Christians that read a lot of stuff. That anyway, I just if it's if it's if it's backed up by the Bible, then I I'm interested in it. If it's not, if it's just a, somebody's thinking, you know, some story about, I'm not interested. In it. I don't have time for it. Now, if you if you do have time for it, go for it. But this word. This word will correct me. This word will keep me on course. I mean, say amen. So, <clears throat> meditation. We need to meditate in his, Psalm says, meditate in it in the law day and night, in the word of God day and night. Lord began to deal with me yesterday and in, even into the evening. The mind is like a river. It wanders. A path of least resistance. That's what a river does. That's the way the mind does. But as I begin to think about that, a river just kind of flows and it picks up debris. It picks up toxins. It picks up 
trash. You don't want to go to a river and drink the water. It's not good. It's dirty. It may not look dirty, but it is. It's dirty. It's not, it's not healthy. Probably make you sick. It's not fit to drink. It needs purification. What you and I drink in the city of Bentonville comes from Beaver Lake. Don't go out to Beaver Lake and say, well, my water comes from here, so it's probably, it must be okay to just get you a drink of water. It's not good. They have a purification system, a huge, it's right on the southeast side of Rogers, a, a huge place. As a matter of fact, it's this huge filtering system. And once a year, they pull those filters out and they backwash them and clean them all out. And they blow all that water out on a guy's farm down there because it, it, it waters his farm. And I guess now a lot of houses have been built in that area, so I don't know if they still do that or not, but they did it one time. But that water needs to be purified. My mind, your mind needs to be purified. We talk about people who have no filter. You all understand what that means. <laughs> been guilty of that myself, but <clears throat> no filter on them. But my mind needs a filter. Your mind needs a filter. I mean, say amen. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 says we cast down, imagine, we cast down, what it's saying there, we cast down anything that's contrary to God's word. Now see, when you wake up in the morning, the, the reason it's best to read your Bible in the morning, to have a devotional time in the morning is because I know you're just like me. I wake up, I'm laying there in bed thinking, I don't want to get up, <laughs> but I guess I'd better. Well, why should you? Well, it's Sunday morning. They're probably going to expect you at church today. So. But these thoughts can start going through your mind. I don't know. Yeah, you are, you're like me. We're all alike. What happens is we start thinking about what we've seen on TV, what we've seen on the Internet, what we've seen on Facebook, what we heard somebody say. We think about those things. And eventually... Because we can be carnally minded, we tend to be carnal, naturally carnally minded, so we have to keep the filter, we have to say in the Word of God to keep that from happening. Eventually, sometimes even before I get out of bed, I get a thought that I don't need to get. I remember something somebody said. I've seen something I didn't like. And Lord knows through November, December, and January, there's a lot of trash going on. <laughs> Communication, there's a lot of trash. And so all this stuff can come to mind. But listen, let me give you a clue about something. Stop it before it really starts taking root in your life. If you don't, if you don't, you know what happens when you don't? You get on the busy streets in Benton County or around Bentonville Rogers in the morning on your way to work, and pretty soon you're mad at somebody on the road. Why? Because you did not stop an evil thought laying in bed that morning. Yeah, I'm preaching a lot better than you're amening. Because I know where we live. I know where we live. I live there too. 
I have to cast down. I have to stop it. Stop that nonsense. I was telling my wife recently, uh, a few years ago, somebody done something to me, said something about me that wasn't very nice. And then I get around one of her relatives and I bring it up. I said, this is what happened. And I didn't, I, didn't tell, I didn't tell the whole story. I just started to talk. And in a minute I said, hold it, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I brought it up. I should not even mention that. That's not worth mentioning. It's not worth talking about. It's not edifying anything. I just need to drop it, forget it, and move on. So let me just say to you this morning, I've seen this somewhere and I like it. If you've ever done me wrong, if you've ever done anything, said anything bad about me, if you've ever stolen anything from me, you're forgiven. It's not worth talking about. It's not worth worrying about. It's, not, it's certainly not worth getting mad about. How I many say amen? Now, hopefully, a lot of you could say, well, I've never stolen anything. But probably most of us have said things that we should not have said about somebody else. But see, we just need to be quick to forgive and move on. Stay in the Word of God. Keep your filter working. Don't ponder. Don't think about bad. I think about good things in the past. I think, you know, and I think that's good. I'm not going to look back, though, on Sodom and Gomorrah. How about you? I'm going to move on. I want to keep moving on. So we cast those things out and we stop those things. Philippians 2, 5. I don't think they're going to put this on the screen and I wouldn't, didn't it? I, I want to turn there because there's something I, I want to point out here. Philippians 2, 2, 2, 5 and 6. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Now, I have an announcement to make. You are not God. You are not God. But what, they're, what, the, what the word is trying to tell us here. We were born on the same level with God. Human beings, human beings have a spirit. They have a mind. They have a will. Tell your neighbor you are not a dumb animal. You have a soul. I'm sorry for all of you that think Fifi, your little puppy, is going to heaven with you. He is not going to heaven with you. They don't do it. They have no soul. When they're dead, they're dead. That's it. When you're dead, you're not dead. You're going to live on forever somewhere. So you're, you, are, you are created, you are born in the image of God. You may not be God, but you're created in the image of God. And so as a human being, you're on the same plane as God. Hope I made myself clear there. So we have to remember now, the Word of God is the written mind of God. And whenever we think like God, we begin to see like God. We begin to see things the way He sees things. 
Do you, do you know, let me give you an example of something. Do you know if you will stay in the Word of God and you'll meditate the Word of God, when somebody lies to you, <laughs> I won't mention politicians right now, but, <laughs> but whenever somebody's telling a lie, it's like, duh, what side of my face looks stupid, dude? You know what that is? That's the Holy Ghost on the inside. You're thinking like God. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to say anything. Matter of fact, I recommend you don't say anything. You're not going to change them. Don't say anything. Just don't believe what they're telling you. And move on with life. Amen? Amen. So anyway, remember, the Word of God is the written mind of God. And whenever we think like God, we see like God. Amen? Now that's just the cake. Now I want to give you the icing. Okay? Rome, or, uh, Galatians chapter 2. Verse 20, uh, I, I preached from this two weeks ago, and I want to remind you of, of just some things, and then we'll move on from this scripture. Galatians 2.20, where it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, or of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And remember, two weeks ago, I talked about. I want. Uh, I talked about the word "with." I'm crucified with Christ. That's a union. I'm with Him. We're in union together. Uh, I'm crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. In me is speaking of position. I'm. He's in me. I'm in Him. I have a position in Christ. Amen. I'm with him, I'm, in, I'm united with him, and I'm, I have a position in him. And then, the word, and then the word for. I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I talked about those three words. For means on behalf of. Okay, with is a union, in is a position. For is on behalf of. Christ died for me. I was crucified with him, and he now lives in me. How I many can say amen to that? Christ died for you. He, you were crucified. If you're born again, you were crucified with him, and he now lives in you. That's good news, isn't it? How I many can say amen? I, I'm, wanting you, I'm wanting you to see, and I'm going to go on into this. I'm wanting you to see who you are in Christ, what you have in Christ, your position in Christ. Because, see, back to the mind, the mind, the enemy is constantly warring against you. You are remembering things that people said to you 20 years ago, told you you were no good. You were worthless. You will never amount to anything. You can't do that. Who do you think you are? Well, I'll tell you who I think I am. I'm a child of the Most High God. And I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. <laughs> As Walter Brennan said, no brag, just fact. <laughs> so I want you to see that because when you leave today, I want you to understand, I want to understand, I want you to understand my thoughts drive my life. I need to forget that trash that was spoken to me. I need to forget what I thought before that was not godly. 
and not thinking like God. I want to know who I am. And I'll tell you some reasons in a minute. I'll tell you some reasons why I want that in my life and in your life. And then Romans 8, 17 says, We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Then it goes on and says, We'll be glor- we will be glorified with him. Heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. So we are conjoined. Conjoined. We are joined together. We're conjoined work, which means uh, to connect, coalesce, conjugate, yoke, link, meld, or the same as weld, together with him. I'm, I'm one with him. Tell your neighbor, I'm one with him. You need to hear yourself say that. It's important. Listen, you believe you can believe what I say, but you believe a lot more what you say. What you say has a lot more effect on your life than what I say about you or to you. So that's why I get you to say certain things. By the way, uh, the, at the men's meeting yesterday, Joel Miley spoke to us. Joel, what a terrific job, and then gave us a list. These are things I am in Christ. These are things that, you know, it, it is... My, he talked about position. I, I can't remember the words now. They slipped my mind. But a long list. These are all the things that are good about me. And I thought, if every man there took that and would just get up every morning and read that before you take off and go anywhere, just read that to yourself about yourself, it'll make you have a lot better day, and it'll eventually make you have, of course, a lot better life. Just say, this is what the Word of God says about me. I mean, say Amen. Heirs of God, joined together, glorified together, glorified together. You know, the word together, and I'm going I'm to talk about this in a minute from Ephesians, but the word together is in, in the Greek concordance. There are several different ways that that word together is used. It's more or less identified by the word previous to together. So in glorified together, together here means to exalt to dignity in company with. We've been exalted to dignity in company with Christ. Somebody said, somebody said, she's just trailer house trash, trailer trash. Well, let me tell you right now about the people that would make a remark like that. <laughs> Amen? Don't give it another thought. He died for that lady they were calling trailer trash. He gave his life. She is conjoined together with Christ, seated in a place of dignity with Christ. How dare you call me trailer trash? I mean, say amen. Turn with me now, if you will, to Ephesians. I'm full of the Holy Ghost, and if that was my daughter, I'd want to punch somebody in the nose. Now I'll move on and get spiritual. I'll move away from that and get spiritual now. Back, back to being spiritual, Bill. This congregation's listening to you and people are watching online, so you need to be act like a pastor now. Move on. Ephesians chapter 2. 
Verse 5. When we were dead in trespasses and sins, let me, let me back up to 4 because that's the beginning of the sins. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now in verses 5 and 6, together is used three times. And I want to, show, I want to tell you, explain to you, from the concordance, what these words mean. Quickened together. We've been quickened together. Reanimate conjointly with. Come back to life, to life together with. That's what we've been quickened together. That's one, one meaning of the word together from the concordance. Raised together. Raised together means to rouse from death. Revivify. <laughs> Revive would be good enough for me. But. Revivify from the concordance. So we're quickened together, reanimated conjointly with. We're raised together, roused from death or revived from death together with Christ. And then the word sit together. Sit together to take a seat in company with a position of authority. So we have come back to life. We have come to life with Christ. We've been raised up from the dead with him and revived. We are now seated with him in heavenly places. Think on those things. When you wake up in the morning and bad thoughts start coming, cast them down. Stop that and start thinking about this. Get your Bible and look in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. And remember, this is me they're talking, he's talking about here. This Bible, see this Bible, I, put, I like to put my name on mine because this is written to me. Yours may say the same thing, but mine's written to me. I take it real personal. Whenever he says that, I believe it. You know, I was, I was uh, we took a trip in October out west, and we like to see the wildlife, and we like to see the elk. We went through Yellowstone, didn't see a one. Get to Gardner, Montana, we've seen two in town laying in the shade against a building. One here, and one of them was laying on a doorstep of a business. And you know, you want to see wildlife, but you want to see it in the natural, you know, outwards. Not running the streets of a town, you know. So we start out of Gardner, we're going north out of Gardner. And we're cruising along. And all of a sudden, there's this real green pasture over here. I, I would guess a five-acre crack of land, maybe ten. Real green. Everything else there was pretty brown. but So they must irrigate it. And in that field, well, we turn around and go back to get pictures. Or about 200 elk. They're just grazing, laying around. I thought... <laughs> This is unbelievable. I've seen large herds of elk before, but I don't think anything this big. I've, I've seen them on TV or something, but I don't know that I've ever seen that many together at one time. It was just amazing. But then I get home, and a month or so ago, I'm talking to somebody, and they said, yeah, you went out west. Yeah, I went out west. And, and, and we seen some elk. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah, we ran, we were north of Gardner, Montana, and I see, we've seen about 200 laying out in the field, grazing out in the field. When I said that, 
when I said that, I thought, now hold it. Did you embellish that story? Was it really that big? Was it really that wonderful? Was it all that? So I get my, my phone out and I pull up the picture and I start counting these little specks in this picture on my phone. Sure enough, probably, probably around 200 in that picture. This is what, what happens to me when I start reading things like this. When I start reading about quicken together, I have to go back. Is it really all that great? Am I really positioned with Christ? Is it really, did God really do that for me? I need to remind myself. See, James says I'm like a man, we're like a, somebody looking in a mirror. We see ourselves in the mirror. We walk away. We forget. That's why we need to keep our, our mind in the Word of God. Remember what the Word of God says. When you wake up in the morning and you don't feel so hot, just get your Word out. Just get the Word out. Start quoting it. Get that list out that Joel gave you, you guys. And just start reading that to yourself. This is who I am. I want to tell you who I am this morning. I've been quickened with him. I've been raised up. Listen, I don't know about some of you, but I know where I was. Dead doesn't even begin to describe where I was. I was further down than just dead in my sins. I mean, you know, I tried to perfect sin. I tell people, I don't say that proudly. It's just, you know, how crazy I was. But I came from that into life. All of a sudden on Mother's Day in a little church that sat out front here, Jesus moved into my life. I am now alive forevermore in him. I am seated with him. Now I didn't hear this. I didn't hear this part of it when I first got saved. Why, why should, why would I teach on this? Why should we teach on this? One of the reasons I feel compelled to do it because when I was a young Christian, I didn't hear I was seated with Christ. I still heard, oh yeah, you're saved and you're going to heaven as long as you come to church and you pay your tithes and you don't smoke and you don't chew and you don't go with the girls that do, then you're going to heaven. If any of those, you're out. And everybody, listen, I love altar calls. Nothing wrong with altar calls. Nothing wrong with everybody coming front and praying. But we had to come to the front and pray through every service and ask God to forgive us of all the sins we committed that week. And I'd kneel at the altar and I'd think, now let's see, what did I do? I didn't, I didn't smoke and I didn't chew and I didn't go with the girls that do. <laughs> but I repent, Lord. I don't, you know, something. Let me tell you, that will cause you to live a defeated life. That'll cause you to live a defeated life. Listen, I like the blessed life. I like knowing who I am in Christ. I'm not, I'm not bragging on me. The only thing that I can say good for me is I was at least smart enough to accept what Jesus said about, about what the Word says about me. He paid it all. He took care of it. It's mine. It's just a, it's given to me. I just have to receive it. I mean, say amen. Wonderful news, isn't it? So why, why would I teach on this? Because, again, the way I was raised, uh, there, was, there was this constant pressure to perform, to do right. You ought to live. You've got a sin in your life. Get it out. But you don't need me up here blasting you about it every service. You don't need people in your life telling you what a bad person you are. Well, you've done this or you've done that, you know, and... You shouldn't have done this. You know, you know when you do wrong. Holy Spirit's there. He convicts you. Just ask God to forgive you. Move on. 
Forget it. You can't do anything about it now. I don't care how bad it was. You murdered somebody. Ask God to forgive you and move on. You can't do anything about it. How many say amen? I'm just trying to use an extreme example there. Just move on from that. And understand, you are now seated with Christ. You are not, listen, you are not in bondage. You shouldn't be in bondage to religion either. You are not in bondage to sin. You shouldn't be in bondage to religion either. Why would I teach on this? Because I want us to be a powerful, happy, healthy, prosperous, dynamic people. That's what God wants for us. And then we'll be a light to our world. Third reason I wrote down that we should teach on this is because we need to understand our most dominant thoughts also form our words. Now, it is true, the Bible will verify this. Our words direct our life. Proverbs 18, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Our, our words direct our lives. There's power in your words. God spoke and the world was created. He called things that were not as though they were. And contrary to a preacher I heard recently, you have a right and the authority and the power to do that also. Now, don't go out there and start speak, trying to speak worlds into existence. But there are things that you need to call done in your life. Christy said it this morning. I am. I am. I am. You need to call things that are done. I am. See, God sees in the future. With, with God, there's no time. With God, there's no time. But for our sake, what he sees in the future, he calls it done now. That's what he expects you and I to do. So let me give you a clue here this morning. There will be a rapture. I am going in it. So in reality, I can say I'm already raptured. I can live a raptured life. How about you? I have been raptured out of death, hell, and the grave. I have been raptured out of a lifestyle of sin. That makes me say amen. Our words direct our life, but our thoughts direct our words. Luke 6, 45, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the, it's the mind, the inner man, where it says heart there, not this thing that pumps. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. We, we know that verse, that's 21, but Proverbs 18, 20 says this, we are filled with the produce of our lips. What I've been speaking, what I've been saying, what I've been talking about is what I now have. I don't know about you, but I want to call in good things. How about you? I want to call, I want, I want good things in my life. I don't want, the, again, I don't want the trash of the world. I don't want the trash that the enemy throws at me. Amen. Our words create our life. I'll close today by saying this. Take time every day to read your Bible, to study your Bible, to meditate in God's Word. You know, surely you have 10 or 15 minutes to keep your life on a good course. 
You should spend more time than that, but if you don't, you say, I don't have time. 10 or 15 minutes before you go to work or school or whatever in the morning, most everybody can do. But you should at least sometime every day, you should take time to spend with God. And then let me say this. You know, the Bible talks about praying always. You can pray anywhere. You can have, you can, you can be talking to God riding down the road. You can be talking to God whenever you're at work. You can be talking to God when there's, you know, a lot of people. You can talk to God in Walmart. I've done it. I have. Talked to God yesterday in Walmart. I won't tell you the result, but. See, what I, what I want is I want you and I to be a blessed and a happy people. Amen. But if we'll learn to control our thoughts, I'm, I'm not, I'm not this, is, this is not mind science. I'm just saying that if we will learn to think on good things and if we'll stay in the Word of God, <laughs> can I just throw this out? And off of Facebook so much, <laughs> you can have the mind of God. And if you have the mind of God, you're going to start seeing things like God sees them. And I can tell you, when you start seeing things the way God sees them, you will have an unhappy moment. Amen? There's joy in the Holy Ghost if you learn to think like God. <laughs> well, wasn't that a great episode? If today's message touched you in any way, if you were encouraged and want to hear more of this, please make sure to click on the subscribe button and also share this message to your social platforms. While you're at it, go on over to our website, WLFAR.com, and help us continue our message by praying about giving financially to what God is doing here in Northwest Arkansas. Click on the Give tab today. We'll catch you next time on our podcast.